Have you ever confided in someone only to hear your business out there in these streets? I mean, it's frustrating. <laughs> it really is. And for me personally, it's not necessarily the fact that you ran around telling my business uh, per se, because I don't really care about if people talk about me behind my back. But it's just the principle of the matter. Like, I told you something in confidence, and you showed yourself untrustworthy. And what it really boils down to is integrity. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, let's get into it. secrets but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter that's proverbs and mishle 11 and 13 he who walks with integrity walks securely but he who perverts his ways will become known that's proverbs and mishle 10 and 9 started off talking about the confidentiality we must have with those to whom we minister however that's not the most important reason we need to be trustworthy in Yehukanon 1, 43-49, Yehusha gives a great example of trustworthiness. It says, The following day, Yehusha wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Kepha. Philip found Nathan, or I mean, Nathaniel. <laughs> I'm looking at it on the paper and still didn't say it right. Found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moshe in the law and also the prophets wrote, Yehusha of Nazareth, the son of Yosef. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Yehusha saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom knows deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Yehusha answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of Yahuwah. You are the king of Yasharal. Question. <laughs> Could you have been trusted with knowing what Nathanael said prior to meeting him and still have a heart posture to love him? Selah. All right. So some people will say, but Yahusha is the word of Yahuwah in the flesh, which is why he was able to do that. All right. So I'm going to throw out a few scriptures to you real quick. Romans 8.29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 1 Peter 2 and 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Galatians three twenty six to 27 For you are all sons of Yahuwah through faith in Mashiach Yahusha. For as many of you as were baptized into Mashiach have put on Mashiach. 2 Corinthians three eighteen. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of Yahuwah, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Ruach, Yahuwah. Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Mashiach. It is no longer I who live, but Mashiach lives in me. 
and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of yahuwah who loved me and gave himself for me you thought i was going straight to philippians 4 and 13 didn't you i can do all things through mashiach who gives me strength which is true but no there's way more scripture in this book that we call the bible <laughs> that lets us know that we're supposed to be walking just as our savior walked okay so the point is you have to be able to properly handle what Yahuwah shows you or tells you about an individual or a group of people can't become haughty unloving slanderous and the like Yahuwah reveals certain sensitive information only to those he trusts somehow i always wind up back at the, at the woman at the well all right so yahushua knew about this woman's lust issue we can see that in the text however let's talk let's take a note of what he didn't what we don't see stumbling over my words so just bear with me yahushua didn't have this conversation with her in front of his disciples that would have embarrassed her probably and probably would have put her back into the same mindset that she was already in when it came to people because she was at the well by herself in the first place probably because she was ostracized in her community yahushua didn't say he was going to the well to meet a lustful woman to his disciples before he got there so he didn't tell them why he needed why he was going to samaria why he was stopping in samaria he didn't say nothing to them about that and even when his disciples came back from wherever they went, I think they went into the city, Yahushua didn't discuss with them what he had discussed with the woman. That's a form of gossip. So, you know, when she ran off with his, with her, you know, well, when she ran off without her water bucket <laughs> to tell people about a man that told her everything that she ever did, you don't see anywhere in the text where he sat and discussed with them, okay, well, you know, yeah, I had to come here because, you know, she's got five husbands and the one she's with is not her husband. And I had to set her free because I'm here for the Samaritans too. He didn't do all that. But so many times we see that being done, even in the truth, even in these called out assemblies, we see this being done. So while I was in my previous relationship, and this is during my backslidden state, mind you, I did all kinds of things for my ex. I washed his feet. I cooked for him. I'd have a bath waiting when he got home from work. I even submitted to him being the man of the house. So, you know, I would ask him how he felt about me doing. For instance, when my best friend got married, I was her maid of honor. And I know some people are probably like, well, duh, you're her best friend. Y'all don't understand. When I first met this woman and I instantly clicked with her, she instantly clicked with me. And I was like, you know, she was already, she was engaged to another man at that time. And I was like, well, when you guys get married, I'll be your maid of honor. And she was like, nope. <laughs> she had a cousin that they had already promised to be each other's maids of honor whenever they got married. So for her to ask me to be her maid of honor when she actually got married was a great honor to me. But when it came time, mind you, this is during my backslidden state. When it came time for the quote unquote bachelorette party, <laughs> my fiance at the time, my son's father told me I couldn't go. And I was kind of upset because I'm like, well, you know, I'm the maid of honor. I'm supposed to be there. But then some foolery wound up happening that night. And then I was kind of glad that I listened to him and I didn't go. But I just wanted to give you an example of what I mean by I, I su submitted to his authority in the house. Now, yes, he wasn't my husband. So none of that should have even been a factor. But it is what it is. I can't change what has already happened. So 
this is my story. <laughs> so in my eyes, I was a great woman to him, but he would tell me that he didn't feel respected, which used to always throw me off because I'm like, what do you mean? But now I understand why. I would tell my friends and family about everything, good and bad, in the relationship. Now, mind you, he would do the same thing, but we're only talking about me. I can't take responsibility or accountability for something that someone else is doing. But this is what I would do. And again, this was an unholy relationship, but it still gets the point across. So he didn't feel he could trust me with his heart. And that made him feel disrespected. Here's a question to ask Yahuwah. Do you trust me? Of course, Yahuwah is a lot more gracious and understanding than we are, but he needs to be able to trust us with whatever he gives to us so his will is done on earth as it is in the Shamayim. Hasatan was once trusted to guard Yahuwah's throne, and then he tried to take Yahuwah's glory. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like Hasatan. And I'm going to read that. Um, that's Ezekiel 28 verses 11 to 19 if you have a canonized bible a lot of times it'll talk about the king of tyre in here and yes the prophet ezekiel is technically talking to the king of tyre but just like how when yahusha was with his disciples and he was telling them about what must happen to him and then kepha was like no i'll never let that happen and then yahusha rebuked Hasatan, who was speaking through Kepha at the time, uh, get the uh, get behind me, Hasatan, for you know not what you talk speak of, or some something along those lines. I, I can't perfectly quote it, but this is basically, essentially, what's happening in, the, in this as well. Even though Ezekiel is talking actually to the king of Tyre, he's talking to Hasatan, who is working through the king of Tyre. If that makes any sense. All right, starting in verse eleven. Moreover, the word of Yahuwah came to me, saying, came unto me, saying, Son of Adam, take up a lamentation upon the king of Sor. So Tyre is what it says in the Canaanite's Bible, but it's Sor in the Safer. And say unto him, Thus says Adonai Yahuwah, You still at the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You have been in Eden, the garden of Allahim, or Yahuwah. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of your tabrets and of your pipes was prepared in you in the day that you were created. You are the anointing, anointed cherub, or it says cherub, but um, cherub, we'll just say cherub, that covers. So verse 14, I'm going to read that again. You are the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set you so. You are upon the holy mountain of Yahuwah. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You are perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence and you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as a profane out of the mountain of Yahuwah and I will destroy you. O covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. You have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. 
by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, will I bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It shall devour you, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all of them that behold you. And they all knew. All they that know you, my apologies, I'm looking at this, the words and I'm still not reading them correctly. All they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror and never shall you be any more. Verse 14 is just, you are the anointed cherub that covers and I have set you so. You are upon the holy mountain of Yahuwah. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So this is what I mean, like, he's not possibly talking about a man, a human being in this instance, because a cherub, as we all know, it is an archangel. <laughs> it's literally an archangel. So yeah, Hasatan was fooling around and tried to rob Yahuwah of his glory while he was on the mountain of Yahuwah. So he was found untrustworthy. I, I don't want Yahuwah to think of me and Hasatan in the same sentence as far as who whom I'm acting like. Prayerfully, you don't either. So can he, can Yahuwah trust you with showing you how a person truly feels about you? This this is the main one because, yeah, it's, it's sometimes it can be easy if you know like somebody somebody's secret, like you know if you know that they have an addiction or something like that, sometimes it's easy to keep those. But when he, if he shows you how someone truly feels about you, someone that's always smiling and laughing in your face, he, he, ha, ha. But realistically, deep down in their heart, they not for you. And he shows it to you, whether it be in a dream or maybe he just gives you really strong discernment. Can you handle that? Can he trust you with not revealing or uncovering someone else's shame like ham? All right, so that's in Genesis nine eighteen to verse 29. And you guys are going to have to bear with me again. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my reading skills today, but y'all should be used to that by now. So it says, And the sons of Nuach that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Nuach, and of them was the whole earth overspread or replenished and Nuach began to be a husbandman and he planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and was drunken and he was uncovered within his tent and Ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without and Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward. And they saw not their father's nakedness. And Nuwaka awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be Yahuwah, our Alua of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Yahuwah shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Nuach lived after the flood 350 years. And all the days of Nuach were 950 years and he died. So in this instance, I mean, there's several theories out there. We're not going to talk about theories as to what exactly it means by Ham seeing Noah's nakedness. 
right now we're just gonna take it for surface level he walked in his father was drunk probably had his robe open he could see all his little bits and everything and he went and told his brothers who weren't there instead of him doing what his brothers did and covering his father he went out and he was like hey this is how i imagine it <laughs> y'all dad in there passed out his junk all over the place come look at this you know what i'm saying like that's no why why what was the point of that but can yahuwah trust you or to be shem and japheth or can or is he go, are you going to act more like ham can he trust you to truly love your enemies now in order to say yes to this you have to know what love is love is not fluffy it's not tolerance love is even being able to pray for your enemy someone that has openly shown themselves to be a vessel of the enemy towards you who is who is unrepentant can you pray for that person can you cover them by not going out and revealing everything that you learned about them before they were revealed to you as your enemy can you do these things an example of this is praying for their salvation as though they were you love your neighbor as you love yourself I mean, the way I look at it is if you, if the shoe was on the other foot, if you were the person that had done whatever it is that they did and they were you, would you want them to pray for you? Can he trust you to hand over those parts of you which aren't like him? Mm. So whenever something pops up, like for instance, if he reveals to you the truth about people, places, things, whatever, Whatever your feelings are towards it, if they're not like him, can he trust you to hand those things that are not like him over to him so that you could be more like him in whatever situation it is? Can he trust you to obey him fully? Now, I still have a problem with procrastination from time to time, so... <laughs> but can he trust you to do what he said so that his will is done on earth as it is in the Shamayim? And when I tell you I struggle with this whole procrastination piece, it's not all the time. It's sometimes. It really depends on what it is that he's asked me to do. Sometimes I, I struggle with procrastination. But I always think about, and I can never remember it was if it was in the book of Enoch or Yasher. I think it was Enoch, where it talks about the different angels and the different jobs that they have. And one of the angels, and I, I know I mentioned this in another episode, one of the angels had the job of like, making the sunrise so what if that angel procrastinated and i always think about that but it's hard it's hard for me sometimes i used to be a huge procrastinator so i'm a lot better so hallelujah for that for his patience with me but i still know i can do better i don't beat myself up over it but i just wanted to give this as an example because it's, it's, it's real out here in these streets okay can he trust you to repent as often as is needed so are you going to be one of those people that can see your flaws and be like, oh, yeah, who knows my heart? Are you going to be one of those people that is terrified that you might about to you might be about to take your last breath? So, you know, you need to stop doing whatever it is that you was doing. that's not like him that that he doesn't like so on and so forth. Like, which person are you going to be? Because. I might go out and do something perfectly that he, you know what I'm saying? Like get through a trial, a test or a tribulation perfectly. 
and then turn right around and do something jacked up. I can't roll off of what I just got finished doing because, you know, the, the test of the trials, I can't roll off of that version of me because the current version of me did something against Yahuwah. I need to repent. Are you willing to repent as often as needed? Can he trust you to do that? Can he trust you to confess what's really in your heart or do you still believe he can't see it? Now, this one right here is the one that I think gets a lot of us because it's been ingrained in us that Yahuwah is separated from us. But we are the third temple. He is nigh unto us. Nigh unto us. His Ruach dwells in us. His kingdom is within us. He, Yahusha said it. Paul says it. Like, this is the word of Yahuwah. Are you, whatever comes up in your heart, like for instance, some, somebody cusses you out and in your heart, you thought, Ooh, we, I hope you get hit by a bus, but you don't say it out loud. Instead, you say whatever it is that you're supposed to say. And it sounds good. Maybe you resolve the situation. Maybe you don't, but you said something out loud that sounds good, but your heart wanted them to be destroyed. Are you going to confess that to Yahuwah because he saw it? And if you don't confess that to Yahuwah, that's a seed that was planted by the enemy. So can he trust you to do these things? Last question. Can Yahuwah trust you with the mysteries of his kingdom? Uh, first and foremost, when he reveals a thing to you, can he trust that you are going to re uh, relay that message in the way that he gave it to you? Are you going to relate everything that he said? Or are you going to embellish or are you going to withhold? Like now, if he tells you to only say certain things, I mean, this is, this is just an in general question because obviously there are, should be instructions that you hear whenever you hear something from you, or whenever he tells you to go do something, you should receive instructions on how to do that thing. But are you going to do it? How he said is basically what I'm getting at. Are you going to do it? How he said, or are you going to do it? How you want to, can he trust you to reveal these things? Or are you going to be revealed these things and then use that knowledge to, to lord it over other, other people and make it seem like you are the end all be on nobody else can come to the father like gatekeep. That's the word. That's what I was looking for. Are you going to gatekeep the mysteries of Yahuwah? Like seriously so um if you go to ephesians 3 starting at verse 8 going to verse 12 it says unto me who am less than the least of all kodashim is the grace given that i should preach among the other nations the unsearchable riches of mashiach and to make all men see what is in the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in yahuwah who created all things by yahusha mashiach to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the called out assembly, the manifold wisdom of Yahuwah, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Mashiach Yahusha, our Adonai, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. So these are just, this is just a brief little thing about being trustworthy. I mean, it's so much more that could have been, you know, could have gone into this, but this is only what I was given. So, can you who will trust you? Can you who will trust me? Like these are real questions we need to be asking ourselves serious questions because 
Sometimes that might be the reason why he hasn't answered a prayer yet. Sometimes that might be the reason why we haven't received any new revelation yet. Sometimes it it could be the, the reason for a lot of things. Can he trust you to handle his kingdom in righteousness, his righteousness? Not in your own righteousness, because our righteousness is but filthy rags. But can he trust us? He's looking for those people that not only are willing, because we've heard that all throughout Christianity. Well, we heard God was looking for those that are willing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yahoo is looking for those that are willing, but he's also going to choose those that are trustworthy. You have to be more than willing. You got to be trustworthy as well. Because out here in these streets especially if you have a strong discernment he will reveal some things to you about some people it is might be some people that you truly love and care about and it might not even be people it might be places but he's going to reveal some things to you and the question is are you able to handle what he shows you and still walk in love or is someone is he able to send someone to you to minister to and whatever they tell you just like so if you were to go to a counselor there's a thing called patient client um confidentiality i can't remember exactly what it's called but that counselor or that psychiatrist or that psychologist is not allowed to just go around telling everybody like their secretary is not going to know your business and realistically, their spouse shouldn't know, but we already know that, you know, if you if you tell a married person something, you might as well tell both of them because they're going to go tell their spouse. <laughs> but their colleagues shouldn't know your 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 issues, your problems. Like it's integrity. <laughs> if you need to talk to someone about it, talk to Yahuwah. But no one else should know. They came to you. They trusted you. Yahuwah sent them to you and allowed them to come to you because he trusted you. We can't break this trust. All right, I'm going to leave it right. Well, I'm not going to leave it right there because we have to look at this thing. One of the elders in the assembly that I'm a part of, he said something that has stuck with me. He was like, I really truly look at this thing like family. And, you know, you never really realize until it's put in your face how you're looking at a thing. So, you know, I know that we're family in the in the truth. I know that we're family, Yasharal. But we still have this, a lot of us, we still have it ingrained into us that we're just chosen people. We know that we're Yahuwah's chosen people, those of us that are naturally born um, Israelites, and then the ones that are grafted in, you're Yahuwah's people. So we know we're the people, but how do we look at each other? Do you see these people as your brothers and sisters? And then ask yourself, is your, if you have brothers and sisters, because some people are single children, um, but if you have brothers and sisters, how is your relationship with your naturally born brothers and sisters? Because that's going to reflect how you treat your brothers and sisters in the call out assembly. Like, is your relationship estranged with them? Is it really great with them? Like, what is it? Because 
you, we have to start looking at them as our natural born brothers, naturally blood born brothers and sisters. Because Yahusha said, my brothers and sisters are those who do the will of my father. So you're actually, your actual blood relatives, unless they are in the truth, doing what you, what Yahuwah is saying, doing the will of Yahuwah, they're not your family anymore. So we have to start looking at each other as family, not just some people that we come and we meet with on feast days or every Shabbat or whatnot. Like we are family. We should be invested in each other's life like family, you know? So then if you see your brother or your sister going astray, are you going to watch them because you don't want to offend them? Or are you going to go out there, you're going to run after them the same way you would your family, your natural family. If I saw my natural brothers, one of my natural brothers about to walk off of a cliff, I'm not going to be like, dang, I don't want to offend him by telling him he don't, he, he can't see where he's going. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm finna snatch him away from the cliff. And if he gets mad, we're just gonna have to deal with that later. But, bro, you're not splatted on the rocks below or whatever's below. You're not dead. But did you die? <laughs> but did you die? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want to ask people sometimes. But did you die? Nah, bro. So, we have to start looking at each other like family. Because we are family. And treating each other like family and listen there's gonna be some mess just like there is in a, in your natural family but how are you gonna deal with it can you who would trust you to deal with that in righteousness we all trying to get to the renewed jerusalem i ain't trying to keep nobody and prayerfully ain't nobody trying to keep me and we can't gatekeep his kingdom we can't <laughs> whoo that gatekeeping, y'all, it's it's strong out here in these streets. Try to tell you, anyway. <laughs> so, overall, summing it all up again, just ask Yahuwah, do you trust me? And then be okay to accept whatever it is that He says. All right, because I'm gonna do the same thing myself. To be honest with you, I feel like I already know the the answer to the question because you know sometimes it's it's hard. I love hard. So sometimes it is hard to be like, ah, ah, so you over there talking about me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, the thing I always ask myself is, is my response or is me defending myself or is me getting upset or is me letting my flesh rise? Is any of that worth my salvation? Because if it's not, let it go. Let it go. Move on. Seek the Father. Follow in your face. Do whatever you need to do to make sure that your salvation is maintained. To make sure that your your uh, relationship with Yahusha is straight. Because this is your bridegroom. Your bridegroom loves the people that he died for. Okay? So we got to love the people that he died for as well. And he loved the people that he died for because Yahuwah loved the people that he died for. <laughs> So we can't disrespect our bridegroom out of out of our own feelings and selfishness and so 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 on and so forth. All right, I've babbled long enough, you guys. Prayerfully, this helped you. If it didn't, then I apologize. But um, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. I love you guys. Much shalom and ahava. 
You can always reach me at replenishme at gmail.com. Let he who has an ear to hear what Ruach HaKadosh is saying to the called out assemblies. And until next time, Shalom Halakim. Thank you.